0: Good morning again for everyone that is uh, tuning from every part of the world. Welcome to this online service. If this happened to be your first time with us, kindly notice that we are going through a series in the book of Judges. In the book of Judges, we see the people of Israel living lawlessly and doing whatever they like, whatever was right in their eyes. Doing in in this fashion again and again what was wrong in the sight of the Lord. And somehow, today, we see the same attitude continuing in many lives. A cycle of peace from God, rebellion of the people, judgment of God, and the cry of people. And God sending a deliverer repeats seven times in this book. These deliverers time and time again brought Israel back into obedience and fellowship with God after a period of rebellion. Each story is a repetition of the same cycle with some points of similarities in the way God dealt with Israel. But individually, they bring different lessons to us. And today, we will see the story of Gideon, a farmer that God raised to deliver Israel once again from the hands of his enemies, bringing a very clear reminder even to us today That righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people, as we see in Proverbs 14, 34. As we see God's faithfulness to his people of Israel in our passage today, I pray that the God Holy Spirit will disarm us from every argument in us that resistes to the knowledge of Christ, so that we can allow him to use us as his instrument for his purposes in this side of eternity. It is a long chapter. We will not read every, every verse But let's just open and read from verses 1 to 16. And then as we go, as the times allow, we can read other verses as well. From verse 1 in the book of Judges, from verse 1 to verse 16. That says the word of God. The people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian overpowered Israel. And because of Midian, the people of Israel made for themselves the dens that are in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the East would come up against them. They would encamp against them and devour the produce of the land as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance in Israel, and no sheep or ox or donkey. donkey, For they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come like locust in number. Both they and their camels could not be counted, so that they laid waste. The land as they come in. And Israel was brought very low because of Midian. And the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. When the people of Israel cried out to the Lord on account of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to the people of Israel. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out to the house brought you out of the house of slavery, and I delivered you from the hand the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all those who oppressed you, and drove them out before you and gave your, and gave you their land. And I say to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the Tirbith of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the right. While his son Gideon was beating out weed in the wine press to hide it from the Midianites, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, "The Lord is with you, O oh, mighty men of valor." And Gideon said to him, "Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then all oh, why then has all this happening to us?" And where are all these wonderful deeds that our father recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord bring bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. Verse 14, And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do not I send you? And he said to me, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianite as one man. I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianite as as one man. Last week we heard that God subdued and destroyed Sisera and Jabin the king of Canaan through Deborah who was judging Israel at that time. And in Judges 5:31 we read that Israel was at peace and rest for another 40 years. But the cycles, as I say in the beginning, just repeats again. And this will lead me to my first point this morning. Verse 1. From verse 1 to verse 10. As we enter chapter 6, right in verse 1, we see that the people of Israel, again, forgot their God, ignoring His commandments and being disobedient to their covenant-keeping God. Therefore, God gave them into into the hand of Midian who afflicted the people of Israel for seven years. The tests tell us that the enemy strategy was not to conquer and occupy Israel, but it was a military strategy of burning or destroying crops or other resources that might be of use Of the invading enemy force. The Midianites and the Amalekites plundered Israel, harvest, livestock, leaving the land and the people desolate. In other words, they wanted to starve the Israelites of existence. We see in verse 6 that the Bible says there very clearly. That Israel was brought very low, economically, financially. And the people of Israel cried out for help to the Lord. We see, as we read, Israel reduced to grinding poverty by the Midianites. And because of that, they have cried out to God for help. Notice the difference from the previous story now, and that's very important. Remember that because of what they were suffering, they prayed to the Lord for help. But this time, the Bible tells us that God did not raise a deliverer to deliver Israel straight away, as we saw in the story of Otoniel Eud and Deborah. Look with me again. Verse 7 to 10. Verses 7 to 10. When the people of Israel. Cried out to the Lord. On account of the Midianites. The Lord sent a prophet. To the people of Israel. And he. Said to them. Thus says the Lord. The God of Israel. I will continue reading. But. Pay attention that God did not deliver them straight away, but he did do or he sent a serious message to his people through an unnamed prophet. There is no name for this prophet. And this prophet reminds the people of three things. Read with me now what the prophet says to the people. From, from the Lord. He was speaking the words of God to the people of Israel. This is what the prophet said. I laid you up from Egypt. And brought you out of the house of slavery. And I have delivered you from the hand of Egyptians. And from the hand of all who oppressed you. And drove them out before you. And gave your and gave you their land, and I say to you, I am the Lord, you shall not fear. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Brothers and sisters, there is three major things that we see God communicating to His people in here. And I hope that you may pay attention to those things because they are relevant for us today. First, the Lord is the one that delivered them and brought them out of the slavery in Egypt. And Egypt is always a picture of the world. The Bible simply tells us clearly that we as a believer, we have been translated from the kingdom of darkness... To the kingdom of His Son. To the kingdom of light. God has done it. We didn't do anything. Second, the land where they were, God gave them as He drove other people from the land. Meaning that everything they were enjoying, it was God that gave to them. Everything. The houses that they didn't build. The land that was fertile, it was God that gave to them. My brother and my sister, acknowledge right now that everything in life that you are enjoying belongs to God. May this drive you you to give thanks to the Lord every day of, uh, of your life. The very air that you breathe right now, it comes from the Lord. So we should every morning say thank you to the Lord. Third, the Lord was very clear telling them that I am your God. This is a declaration of possession. God possess Israel in the same way that he possesses our lives. As believers, the Bible says that we have been bought by a price. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't belong to ourselves. We cannot do our own will simply because we belong to God. But God had something very clearly to the Israelites. You have ignored me. You have not obeyed my voice. Obeyed my commandment. Are you ignoring God in your life? Don't be quick to answer this question. Allow the Holy Spirit to take it to your heart. Are you ignoring God in your life? So God has sent the prophet to reach out to the people in order for them to, to realize that their problem was not the impoverishment or the, the, the poor situation that they were, they were, they were that was brought by the Midianites. That their problem was not the Midianites. Their real problem was not outside of them. But it was inside of them. What was that? They are disobedient and hardened hearts. Brothers and sisters, friends, we are living in times where many people seem to have lost the true sense of sin. What is the meaning of sin? In fact, many people today go as far as to say there is no such thing as a sin. But let me warn you once again. And I'm talking to me as well. Every time that we ignore God. We sin. No matter which age. No matter which social status. No matter who you are. Every time. That we ignore God. We sin. Sin, it is not only those bad things that we have heard so long ago. Okay, adultery is sin. That's a fact. But lust is also a sin. Even if you don't do the act, the sexual intercourse with someone that it is not your spouse but if you last you commit a sin every time that we ignore God you and me we sin every time that we do not hearken to the word of God which means to listen to to the word of God, with the predisposition in our heart to obey and to do according what God instructs in his word, we sin, you sin, I sin. We do evil in the sight of the Lord whenever we harden our hearts to the, to the word of God. My brother and my sister, this is very important. In spiritual realm, there is not a middle ground. When you receive the word, like now you are listening to the word of God, it will always challenge you for you to take a decision to obey or not to obey. And even if you ignore, it is the same thing that you are disobeying the Lord and the consequences are drastic, not only in this life or for this life, but for the life to come. Every time that we listen to the Word of God, it is better not to listen to it than to listen and to not hearken to the Word of God. But please, don't run away from listening to the Word of God. That's the only way we have to be saved. But let me open a very quickly parenthesis here and say that it is important for us to notice that we cannot obey the Lord. We cannot obey the word that we don't know. If we ignore God, it's it's the same thing that we are saying. We ignore his word, the word that he has preserved for us. And yesterday, Pastor Robert has brought us again into our memory how important God's Word is in our life. So the question comes to you again. How is your relationship with God's Word? Are you intentionally seeking to obey, at least to know God's Word with your heart, with that predisposition of obeying Him? Or are you simply going through the motions friday after friday the word has been preached to us and i hope and i pray that faithfully to you what is your attitude as you receive the word of god in your heart or in your life or in your ears what is your attitude the people of israel they cried not because they acknowledge that they had sinned or they have done evil, what was evil before the sight of the Lord, but because there was a problem. They prayed, they cried out, not because of their sin, but because of their problem. Unfortunately, this sometimes happens to us as well. We just come to the Lord when we have problems. We pray, we fast, we dedicate our lives only when we have problems. But in time of peace, in time of abundance, what do we do with God? God was saying to the Israelites, Your problem is your rebellion against me. You left me and went and married with idols of the people that I told you to destroy. Destroy both the people as well as the idols. Brothers and sisters, idolatry today is not outside of us. It is inside of us. Does God need to give us problems for us to pray for, to Him? I hope that through these stories that we are listening You now are convinced that if it is necessary, He will bring problems to you in order to gain your attention. There is a way for us to learn that God is God. The easy way or the hard way, you choose. Just like God dealt with Israel, He is the same God today that will do whatever it takes To have the heart of his people. He is the Lord. Are you hearkening to the word of God again? Do you intentionally go and personally to the word of God with your heart open to obey him? If you are a believer. Or do you still ignore what he has clearly laid out in in his scripture? So... This is what God had to say to the Israelite. My second point this morning: God's calling of Gideon. God calls Gideon. We don't see the Bible saying anything else, just jumping from the address of the prophet to the call of Gideon. No, or nothing in the Bible says about. What was the response of Israel? But God, God's forth with his plan. He is a faithful God. We are broken people, but he is a faithful God. He goes ahead and raises up a deliverer. And this deliverer, this time, is Gideon. Israel is now paying the, consequence, the consequences of their sinful behavior. But we don't see, again, the mention of their true repentance. And and so, after using this unnamed prophet, God's go and bring Gideon into the picture. Verse 11 says, Now the angel of the Lord. And every time that the Bible says about this expression, the angel of the Lord, scholars, they agree that the Bible is talking about Jesus Christ manifesting himself in a human person. So when the Bible says the angel of the Lord, there is a person, our Lord Jesus Christ, in the Old Testament, with which the the theological word, if I can say, is Christophany, appears to Gideon. Let's continue reading. And the angel of the Lord came and sat under the... Terebinth of Ophrah, which belonged to Johash the Abiezerite, while his son Gideon was beating out weed in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appears to Gideon and comes to him while he is working hard threshing weed in the winepress. Now, under normal circumstances in order to separate weed from the chaff, farmers would select an open and elevated location where the grain could be pitched up so that the wind could blow away the use, useless shaft. But here we find Gideon laboring in a hidden place due to the threat of the enemy. That's how the enemy does. The enemies of our souls rules in our lives with fear that causes us sometimes to hide if we are afraid. Even we hide inside of ourselves. But God, as Paul said to Timothy, didn't give us the spirit of fear, but he gave us the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. So it is while he is protecting his crop that the angel of the Lord appears and tells him in Judges 6:12 the next verse The Lord says the Lord is with you might man of valor or might warrior over there in verse 12 The Lord is with you O might man of valor Now, think think about that for a moment, okay? We can almost hear Gideon thinking to himself, wait a minute, are you talking to anyone else? Uh, Is there anyone else in here? Are you talking to me, mighty man of valor? I am a simple farmer trying to survive here and you are telling I am a mighty man of valor. I am a warrior. And God has chosen me to deliver his people from our enemy. Oh, maybe you are confused. You are talking to someone else, not to me. Brothers and sisters, this is the Lord Jesus Christ. God himself talking to Gideon. How can we apply that in our lives? God will always call us not in who we are right now. But who we will be, or who, we, who will, we will be if we surrender our lives to him? He is the one causing the transformation in our lives. In Gideon, he is seeing a might man of valor, even if Gideon is not seeing that in himself. God is seeing a different identity in Gideon rather than Gideon himself is seeing in himself. God will always call you who you become, who you will become in our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 13 is clear that Gideon appears cynical and even rude before the angel of the Lord. And in doing so, he is revealing his ignorance. He complains and questions God in verse 13. Read with me. And Gideon said to him, Please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all these wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did not the Lord, the Lord bring, bring, bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of the Midian. In other words, he is asking, why is God letting his people suffer? Now remember that Israel had reverted to idolatry and were subsequently attacked by their enemies. I mean, what did Gideon expected or what Israel expected? Did they expect God to say, it's okay, you can go and worship other gods when he says that you will not have no other gods before you, that I am your Lord? Did the Israelites expect God to say, you have all left me and my ways, but that's, that's okay? No, it's not okay. You see, when we run after the same goals as non as people that does not know God, we should not be surprised when trials come and God does not intervene or answers our prayer as we might expect. Isaiah 59, 1-2, the Bible says that surely the arm of the hand of God is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his here, thou that it cannot hear. But our iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sin have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. This is another reason as to why we need to listen to God, because if we don't, then he simply will not listen to us. And so, with that tremendous lack of faith and ignorance, Gideon blames God for the consequences of Israel's sin. He was assessing his reality from his circumstances to God, rather than starting from God's perspective to his circumstances or reality. I repeat... Because of what he was going on, he then wants to interpret who God is, instead of knowing who God is, to interpret his circumstances. How we often, as a people, we don't even believe, or people that even believe God, blame him every time that there is uh, some earthquake or tsunami. And how often even sometimes Christians, they blame God for any time that something bad happens in their lives. I'm not suggesting here that every time that we suffer, it is because of sin. But as we are seeing the word of God, yes, suffering can come as a consequence of sin. But remember... It is not to destroy us, but it is to discipline us for us as the children of the most high and living God to be partaker of his holiness. It is important for us to make that difference. And so God is not having anything Uh, of this from Gideon see God simply will ignore Gideon completely he will not even answer his complaint despite of his protest and he tells him that he will be a might warrior and goes on and tell him in Judges 14 uh, verse 16 see with me over there look with me And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this mighty of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. God completely ignored him. And God is saying, Do not I send you? And he said to him, this is the reply now of uh, Gideon. Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, But I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianite as one man. It is very evident that God did not select a born leader. Gideon appears to be far from what we would call a Nero. He is quick to jump and to jump in to tell God that he is far from being qualified to do the task that God had for him or asked him to do. He is the lastborn from an insignificant family and tribe. Let me ask you now as we apply this to our lives. What is your excuse for the work that God has for you to do? What is your excuse? God, I am not very good in taking lead of the things that you have for me. Oh God, I am not very good in communicating the gospel with the people. Oh Lord, I am not the strongest person when it comes to Bible knowledge. What is your excuse? This is not a condemnation. This is the word of God coming to us for us to apply if you are this person that excuses yourself from the work God has for your life. John Mark Carter in his commentary of this book of this story, he says something that strikes my attention. God uses unlike people He uses flawed people. He uses failing people. He uses sinful people. Do you know why? Because if he did not, he would not have any people to use. I am not perfect, and I know that you are not perfect. But it is in this imperfection that God comes and uses us. Why? Because the power and the ability come from Him. It doesn't matter how able you are. Who is sufficient for this world, the Bible says. Paul is asking. The power and the ability comes from the Lord as long as you surrender your life to Him. Brothers and sisters. God chooses what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chooses what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chooses what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that, no human being might boast in the presence of the Lord. I'm quoting 1 Corinthians chapter 1 from verse 27 to 29. You see, Gideon is not acting very courageous. But God is going to prepare him to gradually grow into his courageous ro- role. And the Lord, bless you. And the Lord tells him. Yes, you are weak. Yes, you are weak. I am weak. You are weak. But I will be with you. And you are a might man of valor. And you will uh, strike the Midianites as one. As one man. You see, brothers and sisters, just like many Christians today. Gideon did not know his own strength. That God was telling him in front of him. And when I look around to you, my brother, and to you, my sister, I see strength in in each of you that you don't see in yourself. That's why church is important. One of the things that church the local church provides to us is the ability for us to be involved in the work of the ministry and then discover areas in life that God gave us his blessing has blessed us for us to discover that being aside from or, or hiding it's not the solution it's involvement that Makes us to discover even our gift. I see that there is future leaders. That's for sure. Future Barnabas that go around encouraging people. I see those who are of sound faith. That will alert the church when we go astray. Wise people. I see future song leaders. Asaphers. That we lead the church of the living God. Worshipping God. But you need to get involved. You need to get involved. I see future prayer warriors. Philippians 2.13. The Bible says. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's not, it doesn't come from you. It comes from God, if you believe. And please know that God will never ask you to do something that he will not equip you to do. He that calls you will equip you. But you need to say, here I am, Lord. If you can use anything, you can use me. Brothers and sisters, as we heard last week from Pastor Robert, he quotes, God doesn't need our ability. He needs our availability. Are you available for God? Are you available? So as we continue our story, we see that Gideon still needs some assurance. He asks for a sign from the Lord, so that he can be sure that it is the Lord speaking to him. Look with me, verse 17. And he said to him, If now I have found favor in your eyes, then show me a sign that it is you who speak to me. So rather than taking God at his word, Gideon asked for a sign some tangible evidence that it's really God who is speaking to him. If times allows, and I don't think it will, uh, maybe we can ask and see the question about asking God for sign in a few minutes, if times allows, All I will say here is that we need to remember that Gideon was asking for a confirmation of a specific orders that God has given him. Whereas people today are asking God to make a decision for them. Gideon knew that the message came from God. That he was to lead this army against the Midianites. But he wanted both assurance for himself and for those who came in response to his call. He humbly asked God for a sign that went against the laws of nature. And it was a specific sign for Gideon who needed reassurance, not only for him, but for all people, or all, all nations of Israel. Remember, he was a simple farmer with a little strength, and he is about to lead the Israelites into battle. I bet that you will do the same thing. So we don't have time to read all the other verses. But the sign that uh, uh, Gideon asks is he brought, let me say, an hamburger or a shawarma to God. uh, Eleven bread with some meat and he placed the meat the angel of the lord who is our lord jesus christ speaking to him had a staff in his hand and he just stressed that half and touched the bread and the meat and fire consumed that uh, bread and meat and suddenly he vanished he vanished and then gideon became afraid And said, I will die, because he realized that he was talking to the Lord. And in verse 24, we see that he, Gideon, builds an altar to the Lord, which he calls, the Lord is my peace, in act of worship to God. We are running out of time, but let me just summarize quickly from verse 25 to 35. And then we will move on to my third and last point for this morning. So to prepare Gideon to lead Israel, God commands him and tells him to destroy the altar of Baha that his own father built and to cut down the Asherah beside that same altar. Gideon's own family worshipped the deities of Canaan. And this is very uh, important for for us to understand. The condition of the people of Israel. And there is an application for us today here. We see straight away. We see that if God is to be the savior of Israel. Then Baha'u must go. Before he can Israel, or Gideon, can be used by God. Gideon needs to destroy the idolatry of his own household. As I said, idolatry is not outside of us. It is inside of us. Our parents can be unbelievers, youth, kids. But that's not justified that you need to walk in their ways. Parents, your son can be unbelievers. That doesn't mean that you need to walk in their way. So allow worship, idol worship in your house. The test tells us that Gideon and his servant worked through night under the cover of darkness. And they destroyed those altars of Baal and Asherah that his father Built. That is not different from us. If we will be used by God, we need to destroy all idol, all idols in us. Idols are anything good or bad that takes God's place in our lives. Anything that we prioritize more than God. If we are to be used by God, we must destroy them, take them aside or away from our lives. Let's quickly read Ephesians 4:21 to 24. The Bible says Ephesians 4:21 to 24. Very soon it will be on your screen. Ephesians 4:21 to 24. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him As the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life. And he is corrupt through the deceitful desires. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Now see, that is destroying, but there is no vacuum in spiritual realm. You need to put something in that that place. What? And to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is what we need to do, New Life Church, if we want to see God working in us and through us to the praise of His glorious grace in Christ Jesus. The story continues, verse 28 to 32. Uh, the tests tell us that idol worship did not neglect their morning devotion, and they soon discovered the damage that Gideon and those ten men they did and It does not take long for them to ident- identify Gideon and the men Gideon hides behind his father joas protection Joash. See the mind of Joaz. He was worshiping Baal, but now, because of the situation of his son, see what Joaz did. He was the custodian of that altar. And he tells the angry neighbors that if Baha'u is powerful, he should have, oh, he should be able to defend himself. The town gives Gideon the nickname Jerubal, meaning let Baha'u plead his case which was a reminder of God's power and the weakness of Baha'u and any kind of idol. My last point, and I'll be very quick on that. Gideon's weak faith from verse 30 to uh, 40. We cannot really read, but see, God has spoken already many things as we saw. But Gideon... Before, as we see in verse 33, that now the Midianites come again with the Amalekites and the people of East. And they want to make war or to come and to, to plunder Israel again. But this time, the Spirit of the Lord, verse 20, uh, 34, the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon and he sounded the trumpet and, and he called people to follow him. And many people in Israel responded to that call for them to be able to battle against the Midianites. But see the difference now that the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, clothed Gideon. So we see what Gideon heard from the Lord before. But now he shows a weak faith and he wants to make another test to God. And this shows us anything but that he was fearful and with lack of trust and faith in the living God. Now that maybe that the Israelite was used, they were used to do this test with Baha', but not with God, not with the true God of Israel. Gideon should have trusted God instead of demanding a sign from God, who spoke clearly to him. God's words do not require any outward confirmation. Remember what Jesus called those in Matthew twelve, when they were asking for sign, he calls them wicked and adulterous generation in Matthew twelve thirty nine. We can only be impressed with the remarkable patience that God has shown to Gideon. He understands Gideon's insecurity and he understands also our insecurity. And isn't great comfort for us to know that God knows our insufficiency and he is patient with us? And it will not be even greater if some... ...of our brethren could be patient also with one another as God is with them. But at this point, during this time, God has more interest in delivering Israel than in arguing with Gideon. Now, we may struggle to determine the will of God at times. But God has preserved for us everything that we can find guidance... And everything that we require for this life and for godliness. And, and, and this very thing is his living word. And he has given us brothers and sisters in the context of the local church. To help us to discern God's will in our lives. We could talk more about that but the time doesn't allow me. It's a very key point for us to understand how to uh, Descend the will of God in our lives but let me say this when we surrender to what God has already prescribed in his word the will of God that we know in his word we are granted the ability to know and to do whatever he has planned us to do how then we can apply this to our lives today just as in the story of Israel in the time of Gideon let me say that we do not repent so that God will save us but we repent because God has already saved us when we were yet sinners see what Romans 5:6 says to us Romans 5, 6 to, uh, to 8 Then we repent. Christ died for us. If we repent. Second. The faithfulness of God in doing so. In saving his people. Is not only for that. But he is also faithful to punish them as well. In the same way God punished Israel because they forsook Him. Today, those that forsake God, those that ignore God, not believing and accepting His chosen way for us to be made right with Him, which is our Lord Jesus Christ. God will punish them in the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friend, all you enjoy today, life, health, family, job... Are only manifestation of the mercy and the grace of God. His kindness are meant to lead you to repentance and not for you to harden your heart. Repent today. Put your faith in Christ Jesus and experience the true deliverance that only God can provide you. Third and last, Gideon can be considered weak in our perspective. But the fact that he appears in the gallery of faith in Hebrews 11.32 must mean something to us. See what the Bible is saying there. And what more shall I say? For time should fail me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, or David and Samuel and the prophet. This is the expression of faith that the author of Hebrews is saying. Gideon is in the gallery of faith so I I just want to conclude saying put your faith in God he will use you for you to do his work and for you to be a blessing to him remember God doesn't need your ability he needs your oh God doesn't need your ability he needs your ability if you do that I finish with this quote that Pastor Robert gave us from Paul Tripp last week. God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things in the life of others. May God bless you and may the spirit of the living God continue doing his work in our heart. Sorry about the time, guys. Yeah, it has been 55 minutes, but uh, that's what we had to say for this passage let's pray father we praise you for what you have done for us in our Lord Jesus Christ as we said Lord your word is able to destroy the hardened hearts of us oh Lord we come we humbly come before you and confess that many times Lord we are so stubborn in our own ways you are over and over again calling us to repentance calling us to change our lives but we are still in our own ways no matter the age children youth old people we are sitting over and over again under your word but i pray lord you are a merciful god and faithful god if israel Had the covenant with you. That covenant was with the blood of animals. Today as your children, Lord. We have this covenant with our Lord Jesus Christ. It is the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That we plead for us this morning, Lord. Have mercy on us. And let your spirit, O Lord. Father, build us up. Convince heart. Transform life. Lord, for us to become what you want us to be, you are able, Lord. You are able to do exceedingly above anything that we can ask or think according to your power that is at work within us. To the praise of your glorious grace in our Lord Jesus Christ is what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.